Good evening. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, and this is the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Each week I'll be playing stripped-down, deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles songs, highlighting different instruments and vocals in a way that will truly amaze you. Imagine sitting in the control room at EMI Studios and having the opportunity to peel away the layers of a song, discovering new elements that you never knew existed. This is the closest you can get to that experience. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. I'll make you maybe next time This week is our 30th show, so we're going to do something that we've never done on the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. We're going to feature some of the Beatles' contemporaries alongside the number one band from the 60s. To keep it fair, we'll play songs from the other artists side-by-side with Beatles songs from the same year to get a feel for what their peers were doing at the same time. We're going to begin the show with two songs recorded in 1966, The Beatles' And Your Bird Can Sing and The Doors' Light My Fire. While The Beatles were releasing their 7th LP, Revolver, in August of 1966, The Doors were in Los Angeles, California, recording their eponymous debut, which would be released in January of 67. Revolver would have a great effect on future generations of musicians and fans, and push the boundaries of what an LP could be in 1966. One of my favorites from the album is one of three Lennon songs left off of Capitol's American release. By doing this, Capitol released this song, along with Dr. Robert and I'm Only Sleeping, on the infamous Yesterday and Today LP, a full month and a half before the songs were released in the UK. By leaving these songs off of Revolver, the US version would actually feature more songs written by Harrison than by Lennon. The harmonized lead guitars played by McCartney and Harrison were way ahead of its time, paving the way for many more guitar leads of this type in the late 60s and 70s by groups as diverse as Cream, Led Zeppelin, Steely Dan, Queen, and The Eagles. While The Doors recorded Light My Fire in August of 66, it wasn't released until January of 67. It was their second single, and while their first single, Break On Through to the Other Side, only reached 126 on the U.S. charts, Light My Fire hit the number one spot in July of 67. The song originated as an unfinished composition by guitarist Robbie Krieger, with additional lyrics and melodic interpretation provided by singer Jim Morrison. Keyboardist Ray Manzarek played the bass line on the original tracking session on a Fender Rhodes piano bass, but in the studio, session musician Larry Netchel overdubbed a Fender Precision bass guitar to double the keyboard bass part. We're going remix style for this whole show, so look out. We'll follow up with the first two songs from 1967's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band LP. In late 1966, on a flight back to London from Nairobi, Paul had an idea for their new album, to create an alter ego for the Beatles named Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. McCartney elaborated in the Beatles anthology. I took an idea back to the guys in London, as we're trying to get away from ourselves, to get away from touring and into a more surreal thing, how about if we become an alter ego band? Something like, say, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts. I've got a little bit of a song cooking with that title. Surprisingly, the person who helped McCartney finish the song was not John Lennon, but Beatles roadie Mal Evans. Shortly before his death in 1976, Mal taped an interview that explained his part in the composition. The first song I ever wrote that got published was Sgt. Pepper. At the time, I was staying with Paul as his housekeeper. I stayed with him for four months, and he had a music room at the top of his house with his multicolored piano, and we were up there a lot of the time. We wrote Sgt. Pepper and also another song on the album, Fixing a Hole. When the album came out, we were driving somewhere late at night, and Paul turned around to me and said, Look, Mal, do you mind if we don't put your name on the songs? You'll get your royalties and all that, because Lennon and McCartney are the biggest things in our lives. We are really a hot item, and we don't want to make it Lennon-McCartney-Evans. So would you mind? I didn't mind because I was so in love with the group that it didn't matter to me. I knew myself what had happened. 
In keeping with the idea of an alter ego group performing rather than the Beatles, at the end of Sgt. Pepper, another character is introduced, the only one apart from Sgt. Pepper to be named. While the idea of Billy Shears might have been established when they finished the title track on March 6, 1967, by the end of the month, the song that was being introduced had not been written yet. Since it was going to be Ringo's feature on the album, Lennon-McCartney knew that they had to write something very specific. The majority of With a Little Help from My Friends was written during two different sessions at Lennon's house and finished in the studio on March 29th, the day it was recorded. It would be the last song recorded for the album. Two from 66 and two from 67. One, two, three, four. Tell that you've got everything Hesitate is through No time to wallow in the mire Try now we can only lose And our love become a funeral pyre Come on baby, light my fire Come on baby, light my fire Try to set the night on fire
hope you will enjoy the show. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Sit back and let the evening go. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely with a 1967 Who song that inspired McCartney to write Helter Skelter, I Can See for Miles. The song was recorded for the band's 1967 album, The Who Sell Out, 
and was the only song from the album to be released as a single on October 14, 1967 in the UK, and surprisingly, a month earlier in the States. It remains The Who's biggest hit single in the US to date, and their only one to reach the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. Although it reached number 10 in the UK and number 9 in the US, Pete Townsend was very disappointed, thinking that it would be The Who's first number one single. After I Can See For Miles, we'll hear the White Album track from 1968 that it inspired. A few days before the release of the White Album, McCartney gave an interview where he discussed the inspiration for Helter Skelter. That came about just because I'd read a review of a record which said, and this group really got us wild. There's echo on everything, they're screaming their heads off, and I just remember thinking, that would be great to do one. Pity they've done it. Must be great, really screaming record. And then I heard their record, and it was quite straight, and it was very sort of sophisticated. It wasn't rough and screaming and tape echo at all. So I thought, oh well, we'll do one like that then. And I had this song called Helter Skelter, which is just a ridiculous song. So we did it like that, because I like noise. In my opinion, much noisier than I can see for miles. We'll then hear the opening track from the Rolling Stones' 1968 Beggar's Banquet LP, Sympathy for the Devil. The song, written primarily by Mick Jagger, is sung as a first-person narrative from the point of view of Lucifer. The song went through many changes in feel, as stated by drummer Charlie Watts. Sympathy was one of those sort of songs where we tried everything. The first time I ever heard the song was when Mick was playing it at the front door of a house I lived in, in Sussex. He played it entirely on his own, and it was fantastic. We had a go at loads of different ways of playing it. In the end, I just played a jazz Latin feel in the style Kenny Clark would have played on A Night in Tunisia. Not the actual rhythm he played, but the same styling. The song featured Watts on drums and percussion, Keith Richards on bass and guitar, Nicky Hopkins on piano, Bill Wyman on maracas, Rocky Dijon on congas, Jagger on lead vocals, and Brian Jones, Wyman, Richards, Hopkins, Anita Pallenberg, and Marion Faithful on backing vocals. Enjoy. of other guys and now you've got the nerve to say that you still want me well that says maybe but you gotta stand trial because all the while I could see for miles and miles I could see for miles and miles I could see for miles and miles and miles and miles, and miles. 
and the body's stink. Pleased to meet you. Hope you get my name. Oh, yeah. I was puzzling you with the nature of my game. Oh, yeah. I watch with glee while you kings and queens fall for ten decades. Introduce myself I'm a man of wealth and taste I lay traps for troubadours Who get killed before they reach Bombay Pleased to meet you Hope you get my day Oh yeah But what's puzzling you Is the nature of
We're back with the Beatles' multi-track meltdown and a special show featuring three of the Beatles' contemporaries, The Doors, The Who, and The Rolling Stones. 1969 would be the last year that the four Beatles were active in the studio together, although McCartney star and Harrison would return to the studio in early 1970 to record I Me Mine and various overdubs for the Let It Be LP. Although The Doors would continue to record during the 70s, the group was essentially finished when singer Jim Morrison died on July 3, 1971 in Paris, France. The Who continued to record and perform with original drummer Keith Moon until his death on September 6, 1978. After Moon's death, drummer Kenny Jones of The Small Faces and The Faces joined, and the group released two albums, Face Dances and It's Hard, both of which sold well, before embarking on a farewell tour in 1982. They have reunited many times over the years to tour, and after bassist John Entwistle's death in 2002, Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey released Endless Wire in 2006, the group's first new music since 1982's It's Hard LP. While the members of the Rolling Stones would release solo albums starting in the 80s, the group would continue to perform and record consistently, releasing five albums in the 80s, two in the 90s, and one in 2005. Their tours still break records, and they don't seem to have any intention of stopping anytime soon. We're going to close the show tonight with four songs from 1969. We'll start with Harrison's masterpiece from Abbey Road, Here Comes the Sun. We'll follow with a highlight from the Who's rock opera Tommy, Pinball Wizard. Although Townsend called it the most clumsy piece of writing he'd ever done, it was a number four hit in the UK and reached number 19 in the States. The song was actually introduced into Tommy as an afterthought. In late 1968, the Who played rough mixes of the album to critic Nick Cohn, whose reaction was lukewarm. Following this, Townsend discussed the album with Cohn and decided to lighten the load of the rock opera's heavy spiritual overtones. The title character, a deaf, dumb, and blind boy, should also be particularly good at a certain game. Townsend knew that Cohn was an enthusiastic pinball fan, so pinball became the game and the rest is history. We'll follow with the opening track from the Stones' 1969 LP, Let It Bleed, Gimme Shelter. The song features phenomenal vocals from Mary Clayton, who was summoned from bed at midnight by producer Jimmy Miller, and her performance is incredibly powerful. We'll close the show with a Lennon song originally written for Timothy Leary's campaign for governor of California against Ronald Reagan, which promptly ended when Leary was sent to prison for possession of marijuana. Four songs from 
I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, Volume 1, 1962-1963, and you've been listening to this special edition of the Beatles' Multitrack Meltdown. Tune in every Sunday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, to hear more deconstructed mixes of classic Beatle tunes, solo recordings, live tracks, and more. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, ShadyBearBKLYN, and like the Facebook page for the book I Want to Tell You. You can also check out the Paperback Writer page on Facebook, which features numerous Beatles authors talking Beatles. You can pick up the book at Amazon.com or on the website, TheBeatlesIWantToTellYou.com. See you next week.